coming out of school, I agree. If you have a lot of debt, it kind of makes sense to like, you want to hone your skills. You want to get like really good. You want to maybe if you're going to buy a practice, buying an older practice, getting it to a workable level. You must listen. Welcome to the Drilling Millions Podcast. The Drilling Millions Podcast. Lessons from some of the most successful dentists on the planet. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. Presented by Sage Dental Partners, your practice transition team. That escalated quickly. Coming to you from Toronto, podcasting to the world. Please welcome, please welcome, Akil Chawla. Hey, Drilling Million listeners. This week's episode of the podcast is super cool. I was at an event a couple weeks ago and I was in a room full of dentists and I was introduced to this one guy who said he could build a dental practice in a couple of days and, you know, immediately caught my attention. I've been bugging him ever since come on the podcast. We finally recorded one together. His name is Woody Bongard. Woody found a company called Bill Technology. Bill Technology specializes in building the physical building and construction of dental offices, a really cool application of technology and, and innovation there. As we talk about what Bill Technology really does, what the competitive advantage is, hint, hint, it's time. And then we walk through the steps of what it's like to actually build a practice. Great insights from someone who builds practices day in and day out. And I figured for some of the younger listeners uh, like myself, it's a really good opportunity to learn what it actually takes to build a practice from acquiring the lease to actually having a patient walk through the door. Uh, And we cap it off with what the costs are, you know, relating to building the practice and how much a practice actually costs to build from the ground up. Amazing podcast. I enjoyed it. And I hope you will too. Highlighting the costs um, associated with setting up a practice, like I said previously, like a lot of people that listen to this podcast are, are in school still or they're, you know, associates. Um, and 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 sometimes these there's there's this fog in front of, you know, the costs associated, you know, with with dentistry. Um, and and one of the biggest probably in, in, in someone's career is either purchasing a practice or building it themselves. So from from what you've seen, what does it build, what does it cost to build like your average, you know, couple thousand square foot uh practice? I love these questions because I don't like to ever give answers that are fog. So I won't give an answer that that is fog. I'll actually give like a true answer for an average practice. I don't like breaking stuff down to square feet, but you can because you can say, okay, an average bare bones practice realistically in, in Toronto is $200 a square foot to build the building costs. And that can go from 200 to about to realistically, to whatever, you're going to choose the marble countertops. It can go up to 450. It can go up to a huge cost. But if you're saying to get in, yeah, to get in base level dental office, you can get in for 200. So if you think about that, I believe a 2,000 square foot dental office, that should be 400,000. Okay, so you've sunk 400K in and And like you said, there's there's opposite ends of the spectrum, right? There's the dentist that wants a marble countertop. Um and then, and then there's, there's the ones that want, you know, plywood. <laughs> yeah. They just want the material to get in. Yeah. The most bare bones. Like when you, when you look at the differences um, from, from the perspective of the contractor, do you think it's like worth it to, 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 to splurge? Because I was having dinner with someone the other night, uh, really successful dentist. And he said, you know, the first practice, when you just get out of school, you're in a ton of debt, a boatload of debt. He had actually, interestingly enough, bought some of his equipment um used uh from overseas 
and he was able to put that in. You know, he was just able to get enough money together to to bring his associate to bring some associates in and some patients in. And uh, and you know, as he started growing, he slowly renovated the office. That office became, you know, I think ended up being nine or ten offices. So it did really, really well. But his thesis was don't spend money at the early stages or don't spend money when you're just opening up, like kind of get a proof concept and then iterate versus I met with someone else who gave me the completely opposite advice. His advice was, you know, we need Apple TVs in every room because, you know, that's going to set the patient experience. And, and that's, you know, those, those are your, those are your biggest marketing tools, right? Like your, your patients are going to have friends that they're going to refer and, and neighbors. And so, so from your perspective, what do you see are the, are the, is the right way to go about something like that? So for like a new grad coming out of school, I agree. If you have a lot of debt, it kind of makes sense to like, you want to hone your skills. You want to get like really good. You want to kind of gear yourself to what you're going to choose in your practice. Yeah. Maybe if you're going to buy a practice, maybe buying an older practice, getting it to a workable level and then building up a, a good um, clientele. And then you want to go into, let's say you want to go into implants down the road and you want to appeal to that kind of client, yeah, you can change your office down the road. I think that's actually very sound, good advice. Like if you're going to take over in a practice which has good patient flow, yeah, prove a concept. That that actually makes sense. I, I actually, I can't disagree with that. It makes sense. So there's this, there's this uh, I hate to admit this, but I watch HGTV sometimes. And there's this show that uh, my cousin and Vancouver was on. It was Love It or List It. Are you familiar? Yeah, I've I've seen that show. Oh yeah, say say it very uh, <laughs> embarrassingly, but uh, but yeah, so Love It or List It. So when you think of it in the dental concept, in the dental uh, space, like Love It or List It, is it more worthwhile to renovate an office, or is it you know better just to sell it and, and start fresh? You mean build from scratch? Yeah. It's actually something I think about all the time. I think if I was a dentist, I think I would probably go into an an older office and upgrade it. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because I think you can do it a lot quicker. You can bypass the permits. Not bypass the permits. If you change, if you make material changes in the office, you're going to have to get a permit. But if you're just going to be changing the layout and upgrading it, you don't. You really don't need a permit. So you can kind of go a lot quicker. It's cheaper than going... It's cheaper. Yeah. I think in the overall, like if you're just looking to buy, um, buying an office like that and just upgrading it is probably the way to go. Probably economical, good decision. Here's another layer to this question. Okay. Do you do a, cause I I've seen this happen a lot where, you know, people do this to houses. Like they'll take a really old house, they'll put a new facade on, but then as soon as you look at the house on the side, you could still see the old house is still there. It just has a different facade. You know, yeah. in a similar context in dentistry, is it worth, you know, playing around with, you know, okay, the sterilization, you know, it, the sterilization is perfect place is not perfect, but, you know, maybe we can, we can just upgrade it and make a better use of space. Or do you think, you know, if you're going to spend all that money, you may as well just gut the thing, stay at the same location, but gut the thing and, and, and build it new. So you need an overall space that's going to work. Like for sure, if you if you think it's too small, then yeah, I, I agree. You have to upgrade, like you have to do something. But if if an office's footprint is big and you like that office, you can in many ways, I just think you can get there quicker by going into like a big office footprint where you can even change where the Stary Center is. You can make it perfect. You can design something perfect in that space. Yes, you will need to go through the permit process, 
but you kind of can just go like it's already there. The footprints there, you know, that there's patient flow there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they, like people have been to that office. So I kind of see that if I was in that position, I would kind of maybe gear towards going down that road. Well, so more so what I was getting at was, is it worth upgrading the office in piecemeal fashion? Like if you have four ops, maybe upgrading two ops in the Steri, you know, center. Oh no. Or is it I, worth I, just doing I, it all Sorry, I misunderstood your question. No, I, I don't like the idea of doing it piecemeal. I think like that kind of looks weird. Like I, I've seen it done where like there's two upgraded ops and then like two 15 year it just doesn't work like it kind of doesn't like how you're sort of saying like uh with the house and the facade that's kind of how it appears in my mind but i i'm i don't know i'm not the average patient yeah well even from like the dentist perspective in terms of like workflow if you know some of your equipment is set up this way and 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 other equipment in another room is set up another way i feel like sometimes it's just better to start with a blank slate of paper and and build it from there yeah, like if if I would just even if you're in an older office, you can just take down everything to bare bones um, either way. But if you're in an, what I was trying to get at is like if you're if you're already in an existing spot that has had patients there before and you like the overall square footage, you can just design it any way you want. And I'm just I just think that's a quicker way and probably more economical way to get in. So at 400K, like say in, uh, the, for your 200 square foot, or 2000 square foot office at 200 a foot. Um, what's the biggest, you know, what, what is the, what is the biggest eater at that, at that cost? Like, is it, is it the equipment? Is it the floor? Like what, what, what eats away most of that budget? So that 400 K is a construction budget. So equipment would be on top of that, but basically in a, it's plumbing, electrical. Those are the huge, portions and then if you're spending more than 200 it can be a glass and the different types of tile that makes things expensive but basically it's the plumbing electrical hvac really those are like the it's not it's a big portion of the cost and i know like the, the equipment itself is not up your wheelhouse but on average is the equipment hundreds of thousands of dollars like would you be saying it would be an extra 200k on top I of wish that I knew. yeah i think it's like five grand a chair oh, no that must be wrong now yeah. I don't know. I it's, won't make you quote a number because that's it's not an your... extra couple hundred grand. Yes. It's an extra, maybe a hundred grand to 150 grand. So, I mean, if you're looking at 400, that's like 550. That's the only mental math I'll do on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'll add four and, and 400 and, and 150. Yeah. yeah. So 500, 550, um, we'll get you, we'll get you a new office. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And what, what are some of the horror stories that you had to go through when you were renovating the the genesis center so i've done two big renovations like in the last so the first renovation which was kind of doing everything in the old way the horror stories are like classic horror stories like just someone didn't show up on time were delayed relying on so many different people was so taking so many different types of measurements like we're not getting the proper products on time like the project's not moving along properly and like it's really difficult on a big project to juggle all those different variables so like things get left behind and, and, and you lose a lot of time. Really, you lose a lot of time um, building this new place because we did it in 3d. We knew where everything was going to come from now. Like when I looked at the glass in 3d, I'm like, all right, like I know exactly how that's getting here. As before, I'm like, I'm relying on a subcontractor to get the glass here. Like I, I hope it gets here. I have no clue where it is. Like 
But now it's like, okay, like I know what it's going to look like when it comes. I know how it should look like when it's installed. So everybody's like on more on the same page. So that's just the way, uh, really, it's just a, it's just an efficiency thing. Really it's just an efficient efficiency thing. When, when you have and built, built out this technology, why stop at dentistry? Why not take it to real like residential real estate, commercial real estate? Why stop it here? I I don't want to. I want to continue taking this um, forward. But as like what you said about like, I want to prove a concept. And I think this is a great industry to prove that concept in. I think dentistry has so many different ways to uh, um, so many ways to value 3D architecture. It's a good place to start. It's a really, really good place to start and get really, really good at because dental construction, it's, I don't think it's difficult. I don't think any construction is super difficult, but I would say dental construction is more difficult than your average construction for sure. But once you figure out dental, like once we're, once we make it in dental, we can make it happen in residential. And like, yeah, I, I definitely have aspirations for that for sure. Yeah. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, right? You can make it in <laughs> dental. You can make it, if you make it in dental construction. Yeah. Like it has more plumbing aspects than a residential house. Like it just does. Like there's more to a dental office than there is to a home. So yeah, we're trying to build, there'll be a really, really good foundation from this dental office software that we've built. So from like a science and pseudo law, like it's not law, like LSAT like background, like how hard was it for you to pick up all these you know, concepts of plumbing and electrical and, and all the various things you need to know in order to execute? It's actually a really good question. When I first started, I felt like so lost, like listening to explanations from like these plumbers. Like I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're like this thing. And they're talking in millimeters and like to each other, just verbally. I'm like, I can't nothing. Like, I don't know what's going on. And honestly, just like from seeing 3D architecture for the first time, like, okay, like if I can do it like this, I can understand it. I learned it all like that. Really, I did. I learned it from looking and being on site and understanding like, oh, I've seen this on the computer before. Like this now makes perfect sense to me. Like marrying the 3D part with actually seeing it in real life. Yeah, like that. that's what really allowed me to really, really understand it. I, I don't even think it's difficult. It's just so interesting. Like you just learn how certain plumbing works and how certain pipe works and how quickly you can get it done. It, it's very, very interesting. So in many ways, you were the first client. Yeah. Of the definitely. 3D, uh, the 3D vision. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and I, I was the first. I'm the yeah. Like I wanted to make. I wanted to understand construction. I wanted to see it. And I and I never was able to understand it from 2D drawing. So 3D just made sense. Yeah. Well, Woody, this has been a, an absolute pleasure. So great talking to you about uh, build technologies and all the cool things you guys are doing. It's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like what you heard? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and follow Drilling Millions on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for exclusive clips. 